God, your grace is amazing. Especially when we reflect on who we are and how you have so graciously given it to us. We pray now, Lord, as we take this time to study your grace in depth, we ask that your Holy Spirit come upon us, that my words may be your words, and that same Holy Spirit work into the depths of these, your children's hearts, the grace and love that you have for them no matter what. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated, friends. It is my privilege today, and yet it's also my responsibility today to stand before you and teach you God's Word in all its truth. Sometimes people like what they hear. Sometimes they don't like what they hear when it comes to God's Word. Either way, it is my joy, as I said, and privilege to speak truth in love at this place. Which, by the way, speaking truth in love doesn't mean you skip the hard stuff. Like calling out sins and sinners. It's called the law. And it needs to be taught. It needs to be proclaimed. And this is because we are all sinners. And because we are all sinners, we by ourselves are lost. We are condemned people. So for just a moment here, I want you to pause with me and think about your sins. Go ahead. Just take a few moments and and, and think with me about your sins. You have them. I do. You and I have them. Let's go ahead and think about them for a second. So, now that we're a little bit more uncomfortable, here's the thing. Because we have these sins in our lives, we are dead. We're dead. Sin separates us from God. Sin is why we are broken. Sin is why we cry. Sin is why we hurt. Sin is why we hate. Sin is why we judge. And the list goes on and on and on. So the first thing that we have to remind ourselves is this. We need to admit that we don't have it all together. We need to admit that we can't do it on our own. We need to admit that we can't save ourselves. I mean, can you? I've tried. I can't. And every time I've tried, it's the same result. It doesn't work. We need someone to help us out. Someone to restore this broken relationship that we have with our creator, with God. We need a rescuer. A savior. We need to have someone save us from what we are and from the only thing that we deserve. And what are we? We are dead to sin, and the only thing that we deserve is death. 
We deserve just death because we are dead in our sins. God said that because of our sin, you shall surely die. Lent's right around the corner. I know Christmas comes first, but Lent's right around the corner. And what are you going to hear on that Ash Wednesday? Dust you are into dust you shall return. There's no way around it. Death comes to all. Good news there, right? No. It, it, it's, it's not. Because death was not part of the plan. Death was not part of the plan when God created everything and called it good, and then he called it very good. But it came in. And God knew that it would, and so he had a plan. You see, not only do I have the awesome responsibility and privilege to share with you the law, but I have the same privilege and the same responsibility to share with you the gospel. God's rescue plan to restore you and me, his people, to connect us to him once again. We find this in our scripture readings today, right? That first one, the second one that Grady read for us from John chapter 3, beginning with verse 16. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then he goes on to say that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So right away here, we see that God loved this world, this broken, messed up world. This world that hates him, God still loved. This world that hates one another, God still loved. He loved it anyway. He loved it so much that he gave his son, his only son, Jesus. And what did he give him for? What did God give Jesus, his son, to us for? You got to go back a verse. John 3, 15. He gave his son to be lifted up. To be lifted up on a tree. To be crushed, to be crucified, to die for you and me, to die for all. And, and for all who believe, what do they receive? Not death, but life. And not just any life, eternal life. So by God giving Jesus to death, Jesus died in our place. He died our death to sin. He took our punishment from God. On his back. He did this so that we can be justified. Big word, justified, which, which means declared not guilty. Jesus declared us righteous in God's sight. And God gives this to you and to me free of charge. And we call this grace. Sola gratia. Grace. God's gift given. And what is this gift given? This is God's grace, right? This is undeserved favor towards sinners. Do you deserve this? No. Do I? <laughs> no. God's grace is this unmerited good intention, his loving nature that he gives to us who have gone astray, that he gives to us who are dead in our sin. 
Paul talks about this, right? In that first reading that Grady read, where we're going to spend most of our time in chapter 2 of the book of Ephesians. Invite you in there now. Ephesians chapter 2. You might be thinking, oh, this is just, you know, we've heard this stuff before. Yeah, maybe. It's good to be reminded though, right? Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Here's what it says. You were dead in the trespasses in your sins. There you go. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind." Paul just says here again, you know, this is what we live in, right? This is what you live in. But we have to notice the way he phrased it. Notice his choice of the words. He said, you were this way. He doesn't say you are. He says, you were this way. You were this way before you knew Jesus. You were this way before the Holy Spirit brought you to this saving faith. So then look at how he continues there on in verse 4. He says, but God. Two powerful words right there. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. And yet, here's the thing that so many people do. They cheapen grace. It says, by grace, you have been saved. What this means is, it, 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 this doesn't mean that you can just keep on living in your sin and say, well, he forgives me anyway. And what we do when we do that is we, we cheapen this gift that God has given to us, this grace that he's given to us. Because here's the thing, God hates sin. Do you know this? Do you actually remember this in your mind and your hearts? I struggle with this at times, so I'm assuming you do too. But God actually hates sin. He hates all sin. And because he hates sin, we have a debt that we owe to God because of our sin. A debt that has to be paid. God's justice demands it. And I can tell you this. This debt is one that none of us, not a single one of us, can pay. That's what makes verse 5 so powerful. Even when we were dead in our sins, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were dead in our transgressions, He, God, made us alive. How? Together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in this heavenly place in Christ Jesus, right? From God, through Jesus, right to you and me. God's riches given to us 
at Christ's expense. God sent Jesus to take his perfect life and sacrifice it in exchange for our sinful, icky lives. Upon the cross where Christ hung in love for you and and me, Jesus paid it all. He paid for the sins of all the world with his blood, that, that precious blood that dripped from his head, that precious blood that flowed down his legs. He paid it all with his innocent suffering and death. And it's through this gift, God's grace alone, sola, that we are sinners forgiven and declared not guilty because of Jesus. Sola gratia, grace alone. Could be done, but I'm not. God's grace alone in Jesus is what saves you and me. And when I say alone, I mean alone. You, nor I, nor anyone can do anything to save ourselves. And friends, we stand on this truth. Here at Luther Memorial, this is what we teach and believe. Other churches may throw in qualifiers. Like, well, you have to be sincere in what you believe. Your salvation depends on it. You have to be sincere in in, in the way you believe this. Your salvation depends on it. Really? No! No! not true. Sure, it's good to be sincere in your faith, but just because you're sincere in your faith, that does not guarantee salvation. Because here's why. I can be sincere in thinking that I'm going to drive to the airport and I'm going to get on a plane and that plane is headed to Belize, but if that true destination of that plane is Iceland, then where will I go? Iceland. Just because I feel like my plane is heading in one way, and I sincerely believe it's going that way, doesn't really make it mean it's actually going to go there and I will end up there, right? Same thing with salvation. Sincerity in, in what you and I believe does not get us to heaven. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 2, he says this, By this gospel you are saved. This grace, you are saved. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Those who believe in Christ do not believe in vain. You are saved by grace alone. Here's another one that Christians believe today. God is satisfied if a person lives the best life he or she can. We laugh, but this is what people in Christian churches are believing. It's what people are being taught. God is satisfied if a person lives the best life he or she can. Here's the thing. Again, we can go back to Scripture, right? What we always do. Isaiah 64, verse 6 tells us, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Trying hard to keep God's commands isn't enough to please God. 
The best we can do isn't good enough for God. This isn't what gets us to heaven. It's that we plead for God's mercy. And our pleas have been heard. With Jesus Christ in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our only hope. He is our only answer. We are saved by grace alone. Let me throw this one out there too. If I say I believe in God and act right, I will get to heaven. If I say I act right and believe in God, then I'll get to heaven. But here's the thing. We can't act right. Right? We, we can't do it. On our own, we are walking disaster zones. Proverbs 14 tells us, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. <laughs> we could say there's a way that seems right to a woman, and in the end it leads to death too, right? We can just switch the words around there. We can't do it ourselves. We need that amazing love of Jesus Christ. We need to remember that we are saved by grace alone. Last one that many people believe today, yes, even some within the Christian church, even some um, people that I know that have spoken with me, although there are many religions in the world, most of them lead to the same God. Yep, conversations with Christians. Although there are many religions in the world, most of them lead to the same God. Friends, Jesus Christ is the only way back to the Father. He alone saves us. He alone saves them. He alone saves you and me. Acts 4.12 tells us just that. It says, salvation is found in no one else. Salvation is found in no one else. Jesus Christ is the only way. This is a free gift from God for each of us. Remember, we were totally lost. We were dead in our sins. The Bible tells us that we're enemies of God. Yet, Paul tells us in Romans, right, that while we are still sinners, what did Jesus do? He died for us. And then Paul finishes up his letter to the Ephesians there in, um, or his, his writing there to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. He says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Paul says right there again, this is God's gift for you. It's not the works that we do that saves us. It's not living the best that we can that saves us. It's not just saying we believe and acting right that gets us to heaven. It's not it. 
It's this right relationship with God, this personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit that saves us. By his grace alone. All right, so that's been hammered into your heads. And this grace is for who? Just you guys? No, it's for everyone. But this is where we struggle. Because we really don't want them to have the same grace that we have. We really don't want God to to, to show them mercy and forgiveness because of what they've done to us. But friends, God's grace is universal. His love, his forgiveness extends to everyone. Even those people we cannot stand. His grace is for them. No one is excluded from God's grace in Jesus Christ. So let's finish up with this. No matter what you have done, no matter what they have done, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how bad you think they are, no matter how good you think you are, no matter how good they think they are, no matter anything, God's love is still there for you. God's love is still there for them right now. Right now, friends, to you, his grace is given, his love is extended, his forgiveness is yours because of Christ alone. Because of grace alone. What a relief. Think about this. What a relief to know that it's not dependent on you. Right? What a relief to know that it's not dependent on us. What a relief to know that it's not dependent on me and what I can do or can't do or anything. And what an amazing opportunity that that God gives to us today and every day to grow in understanding His grace to grow in in this truth that leads us, yes, that leads us to strive to live this life of holiness and humility and joy in him. From the beginning and the middle and until the end of our lives, by what Christ has done for us, you and I were justified, were declared not guilty by God's grace alone. This is a great comfort we need today. And every day, centered on God's love for us in Jesus. So friends, it's my prayer that from this day forward, and day until the day you are called home to heaven, you may know, grow, and rejoice in the truth that you, like those who have gone before us in the faith, are saved by grace alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.